Hello, and welcome to Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, a show where two former roommates talk about We're the Millers. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's a vocal, and joining me is my fellow co-host, Cody Webb. Maybe we could say we're brothers trying to pass through the border. I don't know if it'd be very believable or would help us at all, but I'd buy it. I think the former roommates would play in a lot to that. Uh, yeah, would we be uh, the webs or the, the vocals at that point? I don't know. A couple unassuming tourists. I I, I don't know if that if uh, we could sell it. Maybe we could sell it. I I think we're pretty good actors. Um, if this podcast doesn't show it, but yeah, I think it's <laughs> gonna be a fun one. Dude, Miller's going back to our comedy roots, which I love. Uh, I think it should be a good up. Yeah, uh, I saw your letterbox rating, and I I know you're not <laughs> as high on this one as I am, so I'm definitely excited to get into it. Um, I've been saying I wanted one that's a little bit lower rated, so <laughs> I guess you're coming in hot with that. Let's go into why. Why, 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 why so serious? So, you know, as always, it's it's just that right time on the calendar. It's nearing the end of April. Uh, mm-hmm. A year ago, this time we did like Dazed and Confused. So, you know, we wanted to go with We're the Millers. And it's also a great like time to do like Sudeikis content because Ted Lasso, the final season is airing right now. I think it's pretty good up to this point. So obviously he's very popular. And then also on top of that, Will Poulter, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out in a month, less than a month at this point. Um, so he's, you know, definitely going to be in the conversation as well. And Jennifer Anderson, mm. star of Murder Mystery 2, <laughs> which just True. came out a couple True. weeks ago. I don't know if Emma Roberts is doing anything recently. Uh, I don't really think so, honestly. She's kind of been the one who, uh, well, I mean, Jennifer Anderson too, I guess. But I feel like they haven't really worked too much a ton after this i mean obviously everybody's in always random shit but her filmography was not as good as i thought it would be honestly okay so she is in a movie called maybe i do with richard gear and diane keaton Emma roberts it, richard gear this I year <laughs> this year released this year it is a 4.9 out of 10 on imdb i don't know the exact release date but it says 2023 so it must be 4.9 out. out of 10 sounds like an absolute banger um so yeah they're all doing stuff they're all working <laughs> and True. um nick offerman recently in the last of us um katherine hahn agatha coven of darkness or whatever the hell that is 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 coming soon i mean people are all doing stuff so it's topical it's a good time to talk about it yeah i think definitely kind of just the perfect time of the year uh you know probably a good month to talk about it but in general I haven't seen Ted Lasso, so I'm off the Sudeikis train. Well, but... this is where I got. I was going to confront you right here, Cody. Uh-huh. You say you don't have Apple TV Plus. It's $4.99. You can, sp- you can spare $4.99 for a month. Like, come on, Cody. You got a job. You're an adult. Like, I believe you can budget. <laughs> get it out. Get $4.99. Get the Apple TV Plus. It's worth it. Watch Ted Lasso. Hey, I pay for HBO Max. Hey, you mean Max again? We gotta. <laughs> we get. We're changing our vernacular. Yeah. We're, we're we're conforming to the, our corporate overlords. It is Not now that, Max. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is like you can go for an ad version of Max. Did you know that nine ninety nine? If you want to. There you go. Save a couple. Bu- not, there I'm you not. go. Take your current $16 <laughs> max membership, reduce it to an ad level, and then take that $5, put it to Apple TV Plus. There you go. You can watch Ted Lasso because you would really like it, Cody. No, I think I would. And it, it's something I'll definitely get around to. Uh, I think I actually do have max with ads. So that, that plan wouldn't work. And also uh, my roommate, Colton, who I let borrow on my HBO Max, he actually has Apple TV Plus, but I've just been too lazy to get it from him. Yeah, you know, I'll get around to it. I am, and speaking of Nick Offerman, 
I'm deep into uh, the last of us right now. So I, I just got to go one show at a time. You know, I'm that kind of guy, but anywho, all the way back to why, Hey dude, guardians three is coming out in like a month and will Poulter is playing Adam Warlock. Like what the hell is that about the whole maze runner, uh, you know, eyebrow kid. He's in the MCU. You're not a fan of his. Like you, yeah. I think you, you're a noted throughout the history <laughs> of this podcast. You are a noted hater. Why don't we just continue on with the rest of our categories? And I'm sure you'll uh, uh, yeah, continue to flame him throughout for his eyebrows. <laughs> He's a very handsome man, Cody. Don't deny it. Do you remember? Do you remember? So hmm. do we remember the first time I saw it? I can honestly say I don't really recall the first time I saw it. I feel like when I first watched it, I saw half of it, maybe the last half or a bits and pieces. Because it's one of those movies that whether... It appeared in like a censored version on TV or people were playing it just like hanging out at a house. Like it's just, you kind of catch fragments of it at different points in your lives, especially at the age I think we grew up, but it was a genuine hit when it was released, right? Like it came out in 2013. I know I didn't see it in theaters just because it was rated R, but like a lot of people saw it. Um, when did you first see it? Do you remember? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. I, I do not have an exact date. That's for sure. I was kind of one of the guys on cable where, you know, if a movie looked okay, yeah, I'd watch like the first hour or the second hour, especially like comedies like this. I feel like that's unbelievably easy to do. I think altogether, like full all the way through, this is probably my second or third time watching it. I think maybe I did just like randomly turn it on one night a couple of years ago because I was like, I've seen parts of this, but I haven't seen all of it. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of like a, I'm a comedy guy, I would say. You know, modern comedies like this, I don't feel like I've missed too many, if I'm being honest. I think it, eventually I was going to get around to it, but I think it's my third time, but that, that's not an official score. I would say like front to back viewings, it's probably my third time. I do have like, I had logged it in Letterboxd like a year ago. Um, so I knew <laughs> I had watched at least once in full then. And I think maybe once before that as well. But I want to talk about how popular this movie was. Do you know how much money this movie made, Cody? <laughs> I actually didn't even realize it was uh, that big of a hit, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, so it made $150 million at the domestic box office, plus another 120 worldwide for a total of $270 million on yeah. a budget of like $37 million. Yeah. That no good. That's huge, Cody. That's good money for a comedy. It's probably, I mean, it probably had a good release. It was probably like a summer release or something. Released uh, August, August, I believe. Of, it's just uh, weird because I feel like this is kind of the downturn of, of uh, you know, modern comedies around that time. Well, Cody, like. I've, I've got some stats. I've got some facts. <laughs> We're going to get into it as we continue to go. But I just wanted to point out, it was the sixth, domestically, it was the 16th highest grossing movie of 2013, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Could you maybe guess even some of the titles that would be ahead of it? Think of any movies yeah. that came out in 2013? 2013 i'm trying to just think what was it uh was dark knight rises that year or was it the year before dark knight rises the year before so 2012 that was but, my best okay so I'll, I'll give you some hints so one trilogy mcu movie and one sequel mcu movie iron man 3 iron man 3 yes yeah winter soldier no uh you said a sequel yeah um not thor to dark world that was before that it was thor to dark world was it 200 oh. million dollars um there was a fast and furious movie oh man uh no not, not fast five that was like oh nine probably uh furious seven right? fast six <laughs> uh <laughs> pixar sequel 
<laughs> this is every movie they make. Uh, Monster Universe. Oh yeah, you got that one. Um, Illumination sequel. Despicable Me too. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Lawrence blockbuster <laughs> sequel. Gotta be catching fire, right? Oh yeah, you're all over it. Love that movie. Love that. Movie. Zack Snyder's Justice League prequel, prequel, prequel. <laughs> uh batman oh no uh man of steel man of steel yeah <laughs> I mean, uh, Superman was that late. george clooney sandra bullock space picture <laughs> mm, gravity i've never seen that movie sam raimi directed sequel to a 1927 classic or maybe prequel <laughs> sam raimi what evil dead something this is a weird one james what franco movie? starring 127 hours now oz the great and powerful <laughs> oh jesus wait who directed that sam raimi no fucking chance. That guy is a terrible director. Look it up. I didn't realize that's who directed that. That movie's terrible. We should do that movie. That's an insane cast. Zach Braff's in that movie? He plays the monkey. He's the voice. I saw that movie in theaters, I think. Rachel Weisz and Michelle Williams in it for some reason. Keep. We're going to keep going here. Uh, <laughs> sequel to a movie that you love. One of your favorites. <laughs> what movie do I love even as a sequel? <laughs> oh, uh, Your 2009 J.J. Oh. Abram directed oh, classic. Into Darkness. Into oh, Darkness. Wow. Yeah. God. And then what finally, a year from the finally, finally, uh, a Brad Pitt zombie picture. Uh, World War Z. A Lord of the Rings prequel. Another book. The Hobbit adaptation. Yeah. An unexpected journey. Smaug. Oh, the um, Also the Crudes, and then funny enough, right above where the Millers, another Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy feature. Can you think of what that is? Uh, the Heat. Yeah, the heat that actually made nine million dollars more than We're the Miller. So better movie, I, I guess. That's well too. What a good year for comedies, man. That's crazy. Just below We're the Millers, The Great Gatsby, The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Wow, The Conjuring, I figured would have made a lot more money than that. A little bit down, Grown Ups 2. Sad for you. Yes. Poor Adam Sandler. But he <laughs> does make the top 20. Hey, for Grown Ups 2, that's that's not bad. Grown Ups 1 probably would have been in the top 10. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to our initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam! I just want to start by saying, you know, this is a really interesting movie because it's like a classic movie. And yes, the subject matter is weed, but it is not a stoner comedy. It's not like a Pineapple Express or a Seth Rogen. Like there's not even, there's no consumption of marijuana throughout the entire run of the movie. No character even does that. It's It's a comedy based on like drug running more in like, the plays of like a Breaking Bad or a Narcos type feeling thing, although it's not played for thrills really at any point. It's it's entirely for laughs, but it's it's interesting to see that that's kind of the approach. Yeah, with you know how much drugs is kind of in this movie. That is an interesting point that nobody really does them at any time. Uh, some weed is thrown out on the highway and, and run over for some reason. <laughs> um, they think it's a baby. It's unfortunate. Yeah, but, but, but uh, you know, nobody actually consumes drugs. So I do agree. This is not really a stoner comedy, in my opinion. It's kind of more like a road trip, um, sort of like it has some family aspects, because obviously it's not a family film. But yeah, that's weird, I feel like that. R-rated like, family film. It is very R-rated, uh, to be fair. But yeah, my thoughts, I mean, we kind of mentioned already, but I do like the cast here. Uh, my two standouts are Nick Offerman and Katherine Hahn. I think they're definitely the bright spot of this movie. Past that, I don't really care about uh, like the family uh, dynamic, the relationship dynamic at all. I think that's stupid. And uh, I also don't care about Kenny or like his weird love story either. <laughs> so yeah, in general, uh, I mean, off the top too, like, I, I don't know. I think you like this movie a little bit more than me. I don't hate it by any means. Like it's, it's one I'll watch again. 
I feel like once we get to the halfway point in the movie, I'm just like, all right, we can fast forward the rest of this crap because I feel like all the good scenes are past that. But yeah, shout out to Nick Offerman and, and Catherine Hahn. I feel like they are kind of the saving grace this movie a little bit. Yeah, I, that's that was going to really be in my good, but like I think they are definitely the highlights and they completely steal the show. Those two are incredible and it kind of just shows their range. Like we've, I mean, they were both on Parks and Rec and interesting care, but like these two are incredible and yeah, they're great. You talked about this kind of being the end of the comedy and they don't really make big movie, like studio comedies in the same way. In that review that I did on my letterbox log a year ago, I said like, this is the last like decent version of a certain kind of movie. And then today I went and like researched that and like looked at like the box office stuff because I was really surprised about how much money this movie made. From this point on, there's not a single original comedy that makes more money domestically. Well, from the year 2013 on. In this time, there are some movies like The Hangover Part 3, which is released in the same year as this, which mm -hmm. made more money. And then 22 Jump Street the next year, which makes more money. But obviously that's like a sequel of an old IP property. I yeah. think Ted 2 maybe made more money, but again, that's like a sequel. The original Ted was a huge hit, but that's in 2012. There was movies that were kind of close. Think like some Kevin Hart movies like Ride Along or near the, also you're like your rock central intelligence, but they both made less than this movie. You have Jumanji, which, which made more for sure. But again, that's like a, a sequel to an old thing and it's got big, it's not the same thing. Like there's nothing like this. You have Vacation, also made less money, but it's still around. The only thing that you have that are like comedies are superhero movies, animated movies. Like there's nothing that's in an original adult comedy like this. This is this is the last good one, in my opinion. So I think that's yeah. kind of a really interesting one to talk about as the end of an era. Yeah, that is actually crazy. It literally is pretty much the last original comedy. Um, it's kind of I mean, Heat made more up. money. So maybe we should be talking about Heat, I, the Heat, I True. guess. So, I like that movie too. But uh, yeah, that is insane. I mean, like I was saying, just kind of the end of an era with with modern comedies in that sense and like you're saying with modern i mean nowadays i feel like the mcu is kind of the general comedy for everybody which is kind of annoying because it's just overplayed at this point in that universe too there have been movies i do want to point out there have been movies made in a similar vein to this yeah your adam sandler movies your i don't know whatever but they're the straight to netflix ones right so you never even get to see what they would make at the box office I don't think they would perform in the same way because we've seen a couple comedies released in the last few years and they're just not super successful. But a lot of these movies go straight to streamers at this point. That's why you have Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler making Murder Mystery 2 right now, right? I, th I think a little bit. I mean, maybe this is over overarching too many themes, but I think comedy is kind of dead right now. It's just, I don't know. I feel TV like comedy is good. I mean, like Abbott Elementary, I love that. Like there's good comedy out there. I, I don't know. I guess, but I, I guess kind of what I mean by that more is, I guess maybe this kind of version of comedy is dead. Right, like adult, or, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you give like, I don't know, there's fucking Deadpool. I don't know. <laughs> True. There's always going to be something, but I think like this a stark drop off for how many movies like this were being made from like 2000 to 2000, you know, 15 or whatever compared to the last five years. I don't know. I feel like it is a lot less. Obviously, COVID plays into that and streamers play into that. But uh, it is pretty interesting. I, I like the and statistics. It, and you can look at like also, again, beyond just Jennifer Aniston's career. I mean, Jason Sudeikis is making TV. He's doing Ted Lasso. Will Poulter, he's moved. He's a superhero now. Like that's what he's. I mean, obviously, he was in the Maze Runner, too, before that. But um, it, it, it's interesting to see. There is one movie I want to point out. I, 
Crazy Rich Asians is definitely a comedy movie and it made $174 million domestically. I don't think it's the same thing as We're the Millers. It's not like the raunchy esque, you know, it's more of a rom com thing too. But it's a great movie and it's a very funny movie. And it's, you have to know how much of a hit that was and an absolute like impressive blocks off its force and was incredible. Um, so I did want to just point that out, but it's just yeah. not really the same exact thing. Yeah. I think there's been tons of good uh, modern rom-coms that have kind of made a lot of money like that too. Same genre. You're correct. We do need to shout that out because that is a good movie too. But yeah, I think still a little bit different altogether. Last thing. And for my initial thoughts, I wanted to talk about Ed Helms a little bit, Cody. <laughs> and just, uh, uh, I, first of all, the thing I noticed right off the bat when I was watching this movie, you know, they're, they're doing the billing, they're doing the title cards. And Ed Helms. I mean, this is like, this is peak star power, Ed Helms. He's getting an and credit. Is Like, that's crazy, right? This is probably the most popular he's really ever been, right? I mean, well, I wanted to talk about... What season of The Office was it? Well, so 2013 is the year the final season of The Office is airing in May. Yeah, yeah. Hangover Part 3 comes out in 2013. So the end of this huge trilogy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a star. Ed yeah. Helms. I mean, it's, and... It's yeah, also but, crazy to think that all of those filmings, like really, like these movies all would have been filmed around the same time. His his actions in the final seasons of The Office, you know, it kind of reflects his character here. He's really tapping into a certain attitude. It's it's incredible. It's true. Maybe uh, crossover universes there. It's a good possibility. Yeah. But as well, I mean, yeah, I don't know who else you're really going to put as the end. Maybe a little Catherine Hahn slash Nick Offerman. But I feel like they're pretty highly billed, so I don't know. Maybe you could throw yeah Walter at the end, and no one would fucking care. But it helps that Ed Helms like role is like he basically just is answering phone calls for most of the movies. So. I mean, there's literally he probably no did not point. shoot for very many days. There's like ten characters, maybe yeah. tops in this. So yeah, I don't know. They just don't have enough actors. Might as well stick Starboy Eddie at the end. So that's funny. And no, if, and I like Ed Helms and I don't want to like disparage him here or anything, but this really was like the peak of his career because, you know, after this, he did, he had a couple more chances to be in big movies. He was in vacation in, in 2015, that not a critical success. I think it did okay money-wise. And then tag in 2018, that's another like version of the comedy, but it just didn't make as much money. Um, but he hasn't really done a whole lot else besides that. He's been in some TV stuff, some smaller movies, but nothing huge. I think he's in the Lorax too. So shout out. Yeah, to yeah, that. he's he's done some voice stuff. <laughs> shout out Helms. Shout out Helms. Yeah, he's all right. Um, I think movie wise, yeah, he definitely had a a big time miss career. But you know, he was in the office. So props to him. He'll get like I think uh, voice work and until the day he dies. So maybe in ten years he'll be like a good character actor or something. I can see it. Let's move over to trailer talk. So how was work this evening, neighbor? I need a lap dance, table five. Don't get too close. The guy smells like asparagus pee and he's got a hook hand. You're not a neighbor, you're a pot dealer. I have a smidge of marijuana down in Mexico. Bring it back here by Sunday night. I will pay you $100,000. Who's way out of my league? You don't have a choice. What the hell's that? I bought an orca. I make a lot of money. You're probably gonna get searched at the border. You could wear a disguise. Bane from Batman, something like that. Oh, there's no drugs in here. You got nothing to worry about. How would you like to make 10 grand? Drug dealing? It's not drug dealing, it's smuggling. Me, crossing the border alone? Huge red flag. But families, hi! They don't get a second look. So I need you to be my wife. Come on! 
Look, I hired this dork that lives in my building and a little gutter punk. Kenny, meet your new sister. I've always wanted a sister. Get it off of me. We just have to dress up like a squeaky clean all-American family. This is my son, Kenny Miller, and my lovely daughter, Casey. Casey? Jesus. You always say, Cody, like... Oh, this trailer gives away the whole movie. God damn it. This trailer gives away the whole movie. Like there's not a single plot point that uh, it's really missing at all. Yeah. That's something I wanted to bring up off the bat immediately too. And um, I mean, still talking about the genre. I think that is this genre's biggest downfall is they give away every single joke in the trailer. Um, Another uh, movie that ruined the trailer ruined for me way back in the day was uh, the campaign which is another mid-2000s classic and i watched that trailer and then i watched the movie right after and i was like this movie is terrible i i saw literally everything funny in two minutes why did i watch this and i kind of feel the same way here i am glad uh this time it was reversed i watched the trailer second so it didn't ruin it entirely oh, no. for me. but yeah I, I don't understand why do you think they they put all the jokes in the trailer i, I don't get it well it's i don't know it's like it's not even just jokes it's like you understand exactly what happens i I put, I was thinking like you could make it just the first minute and then the last like 30 seconds and it would be so much better of a trailer because the first minute does, I like the setup that it does. I think it's really effective where it's like, it explains like, okay, she's a stripper. He's a drug dealer. Will Poulter's this weird kid whose mom's gone. You know, Emma Roberts lives on the street. They all need to come. Oh, he has to go get this weed. Like it sets up the plot. I'm fine with that kind of trailer. Yeah, because then you can still watch it and you get a couple mixed in jokes you see jason today gets get the shit beat out like you don't get it all spoiled mm-hmm. but then once they go to mexico like you shouldn't show anything beyond that like don't explain like how much weed they have to get how much the the fact that they're being chased by the cartel the fact that the cops are there the fact that he's a dea agent like everything is there you literally see the dea raiding ed's helm's place it's it's bad Wait, are you saying you only want to see the premise in the trailer? This is this is groundbreaking. Garden. I know, <laughs> but it's great. Why is the trailer? Too, I mean, that's the problem. It's like really long, too. It's yeah. two and a half minutes long. Obviously, really? like a TV trailer would not be two and a half minutes long. So, yeah. still, I think it's it's kind of ridiculous for for comedy too. A couple other things I wanted to point out. I do like the background song, which I don't think was in the movie. I think it's a uh, by the Strokes, or it's called the Strokes. One of those. I don't know. But good, good classic rock. Thing. Something like that. And then past that, they had like cricket sounds at one point. And I thought that was really weird. I think that's kind of maybe an overused trope in uh, comedy trailers as well. Kind of just like, it's like waiting for a laugh. Like uh, it's like (laughs) in the MCU movies when Daredevil's like waiting for an applause and and no way home. (laughs) Yeah, they cut it. But it's like, that's not how the movie is. (laughs) They don't actually like have that space, but. It's like a mini laugh track in a trailer. (laughs) Kind of weird. (laughs) And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention too, actually. We're talking about giving away all the funny parts. It gave away the Bane impression from Sudeikis. Mm. Which, um, spoiler alert, is it's in my good category. I think that's maybe the highlight of the film. Well, let's move on over to the good, the bad, the ugly. Take it away. All right, so the first thing I want to mention, Jason Sudeikis has this really good Bane impression. <laughs> <laughs> can you no, do an but... impression of jason sigurakis's main impression cody uh what's the line i don't know what it is oh no one can understand me oh <laughs> i'm so <don't> worried <laughs> it's not bad that was better than anything i did in the dark Knight rises episode 
But yeah, I think I think uh, if you put the mat the face over your, it, it really helps to mime it. Sounds better. Yeah, a little echo. That's an actor trick. Hey, Jason Sudeikis is a pro. What can we say? I know you're Bruce Wayne. Wow. Jason uh, Sudeikis is is a pro. SNL <laughs> well trained. He's all right. And uh, but yeah, my positives off the bat. I already mentioned Nick Offerman and and Catherine Hans. So I won't hang around on them too long. There are a couple scenes that I do find humorous, so I'll mm. share those. Bane impression was number one. I got a list as well, so maybe we can nice. do like a ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I obviously had the Bane impression, but I'll, my second one is um, so when when uh, he loses all his money after he gets robbed, and Ed Helms calls him in, and the guys bag his head. I think <laughs> once he arrives with the secretary, I think some real comedy ensues. I thought that was a good scene. Him like the secretary like offering him a drink with a bag over his head. I don't know. It, it's kind of that dumb humor that. I, I would only find funny, but that was a scene I, you know, I wanted to point out as, as one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say off the bat, like that's the stuff that Sudeikis can do so well. And he's manifests that in, it's that like super quick witted quippy played humor, but like, it's believable. It's like, wow, even though this guy seems like a loser, like he can have these moments where he's going to be extremely fart smart and funny. And like, he can do that on Ted Lasso. It's just in a, endearing way rather than like a kind of trashy way that he does it in this movie that that is that's funny they're they're both you know two sides of a coin right um some of mine are really small so maybe i'll rattle a couple off but first of all just kenny that's a great name just the fact that his name is kenny that's a good bit cody yeah you gotta appreciate that just the way uh katherine hans character says uh tampon she says tampon that's a good bit southern charm yeah that's a great one and then uh He's screaming at the kids. He turns around. And he goes, this is not a vacation. And then it just cuts to them just standing there with a single bottle rocket and it shoots. And I really like that. Yeah. Throw it over to well, you. Probably the what I would say the uh, the best shot uh, of the film, probably. Mm. Um, that rocket shot. Great framing all around. That's all I got to say about the camera work there. Um, oh, yeah. My other one I wouldn't bring up too. It actually is Kenny uh, getting bit in the balls. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's just funny. Again, kind of that dumb humor. And also like the quick cuts, like you just barely see like his his balls on spawn up for like half a second, then it cuts back and then does that like three times. Yeah, funny stuff. Spider bites, you know, my last name's Webb, so I gotta think that's funny. Um, and then my last other good I wanted to bring up, uh, interesting enough, is uh, it's Ed Helms. I think he's actually kind of funny in this movie. The uh, two jokes in particular... Uh, with like the plastic down at the beginning, I thought that was funny, and then as well, he's got an orca. Like <laughs> that's so weird, and it's so big, like it's so unrealistic. I think it makes it even funnier. But <laughs> I, I didn't hate Ed Helms in this movie. This may be his best movie performance, uh, you know, of all time. So wanted to shout him out and good as well. Interesting take. I I don't know if I can deny that. <laughs> um, a couple other things that I, I I thought were pretty funny about this and that I like when they have the baby and Jason Sudeikis is like, oh, his name's LeBron. <laughs> and that that's fine. That's it's not even the joke. It's when she goes, Oh, a little French fella. <laughs> yeah, Nick Offerman. That's a hell of a line. Oh, a little French fella. LeBron. That beautiful little baby's name. This is uh this is our little LeBron. Name's LeBron. Yep. Oh, little French fella. It's our yeah. little LeBron. Yeah, I was against the name at first, but the uh, the missus here's got a real soft spot for prima donnas who'll never be as good as Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then 
also just you know the fact this is a movie that it has a blooper reel before the credits that's a classic comedy move and i appreciate it they stuck with it and there's actually some pretty good bloopers in there the sure. friends theme cody how do you feel yeah. about that that's what i was gonna bring up i think that's definitely the best one uh sort of just like a fun moment on set uh with jennifer anderson uh and i feel like in in blooper reels you don't actually see that you just see like oh people messing up but actually doing something funny like that i, I thought it was a cool touch what do you think the uh the process how'd they get that cleared do you think there was like i guess <laughs> is this a universal i don't know you know jennifer anderson she just pulled some strings that it's interesting because it's in the blue like it's in the movie so you obviously have to i'm sure they just paid for it and i don't think it's that much like who even who sings that song Carper? nobody knows like that band will take ten dollars for for the friends theme song and be True. so yeah I, I don't think it costs too much yeah i guess i don't know if maybe yeah. nbc owns it just because it's was song. it a pre-existing song maybe am i sounding like an I idiot think, right I now i think it was okay i, I don't know though maybe it i'm, was not, the show. I'm not a big friend set i won't lie to you <laughs> and i'm not a big whatever type of music that is either <laughs> I don't listen to the Friends theme on any time, actually. Ever. I think we might have some listeners who have, to be fair. So I don't know. I, I you might be offending them. I my girlfriend probably has. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> deny it. I t- speaking of music, mm-hmm. the "Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls" TLC scene, Cody. That's a great scene. I think it's funny. Um, you don't appreciate it, I can see, but it it holds dramatic weight, and see that's important because it sets up this moment. It's a bonding moment for the family, and really, this is this is really interesting because it's kind of like a character study about how you know when you put people into these roles, they'll they'll they you know they want to be connected, they want to feel loved. They I mean, at the end of this movie, they go into witness protection together and, and form this you know pseudo family, this this real life you know. You know, family can come from anywhere, Cody. I think that's important in this movie. You know, the children want, you know, to have parents, you know, Will Poulter's mom left him. Emma Roberts is a runaway. And, you know, and Jennifer Aniston, Jason Sudeikis, you know, they feel like they're fuck ups and they want to have a chance to like mentor and and better people. But, you know, I think there is an interesting point to be had there. And I think the don't go chasing waterfalls scene is, is reflective of that. And it's what brings him back in the end, even though they are all terrible people it's still true you know great point there couldn't agree with you more you know family can can come from anywhere you want but they're definitely not a family in this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right about that as their son yeah i don't know the i feel like having that song in here is pretty fun like it's a fun moment but i feel like it gets ruined by will poulter dude he won't sing he, he's, he's rapping like, yeah he's like just talking he's not even singing and uh that's the point yeah. though it's it's supposed to be bad oh and it is bad and uh, i definitely got that but uh yeah i don't know tlc good song waterfalls you know i'm a fan of it but uh i don't know this movie kind of ruins a little bit so a couple other good things i wanted to mention well you got a lot of what'd you say i said you got a lot of good stuff bro. hey yeah i like this movie. ran out about 10 minutes ago. did you see did you see who who did the music cody i don't think i did actually who was it Ludwig Gorenson, motherfucker, oh, my boy. So <laughs> I gotta I give him a that. shout out as always. Uh, you know how it is. Shout out Ludwig. When, when are you coming on, dude? This is ideas. How many shout, shout out, outs do you have for this guy? Shout out to Ludwig. And then finally, um, I know you're gonna mention him in the bad. So I wanted to, you know, end my good with Will Poulter. And wow. I I just want to generally talk about listen, I think he plays the character well you may not like him but that's kind of the point he's he does what he needs to do in this movie but did you know that in the year 2013 he won a bafta rising star award 
because of this movie. What? And he beat out Dane DeHaan, George McKay, Lapita Nyong'o, and Leia Seydoux. Interesting. For this movie? This is all he was in in 2013. Huh. What? what? Does make any <laughs> he had to be in like the Maze Runner. Or maybe it was like a cop-out. It was a cop-out award from the year before. They're like Maze Runner came out in 2014. Well, maybe that's what it was. They saw the trailer for Maze Runner and like, this kid's going to be a star. <laughs> we got to give him his award. Yeah, that makes no sense. Uh, BAFTAs, you know, you might need to disperse after that. because uh, This was the, he beat out Lupita Nyong'o in 12 Years a Slave. What? <laughs> he beat out George McKay, who obviously, you know, 1917 boy, he's a Brit, so they love him. He, he was in like, Six, five things, according to Wikipedia in 2013. Leia Seydoux, I mean, she's in Wes Anderson stuff now. And she was in Blue is the Warmest Color and Grand Central. I mean, I don't know, man. This is strange. Like, the BAFTAs notably, I, I mean, I understand the Dane DeHaan diss. The fact that he got nominated is a problem. but Wasn't it for Chronicle? No, it was for Devil's Not Kill Your Darlings Metallica Through the Never was what he was in in 2013. So. What? chronicle was had happened at that point i think 2012 yeah yeah Uh, just weird all around i would say that list but uh you want to hear some former winners yeah does it get worse than will bolter 2022 emma mackie i like that sex education she's gonna be in barbie 2021 lashana lynch i mean she's woman king and obviously you know she's in marvel stuff um i don't know who's 2020 i don't know who that is to be honest i don't know buka bukre uh, Michael Ward, Letitia Wright, that's good. Daniel Kaluuya, Tom Holland, John Boyega, they were getting the, the Disney wow. heads. Nice. Will Poulter. Tom Hardy won back in 2010, Kristen Stewart, Shia LaBeouf, 20, 2007, and the very first winner in 2005, our King James McAvoy. So, you know what? I respect it again. They called it early. That's an early call. List other than uh, eyebrows. So, yeah, fair enough, Baptist. I think you just messed up on this one, but. Not great. Still not a great. If they had given it to Lupita Nyong'o, they maybe we could we'd be talking. But true. I mean, how do you not? But you know, that's their problem. She won an Oscar that year. (laughs) Maybe that. Maybe they thought she was already a star. Maybe that's she lost. She lost to where the Millers. (laughs) Brutal. Oh, okay. Maybe that. Maybe that should be in the bad. (laughs) Maybe maybe Will Poulter was the only one to show up to the award show. They're like. He's the only one here. Like we, we're gonna give it to him. Like we don't care. Yeah, it's it's incredible stuff. I we're doing great research at this point. Uh, you wanna move over to bed? Do it. I feel like you have a lot more to say, so maybe you should. Start. I actually don't have a ton. I have some. We already covered some of it. Um, first off, I think it is weird how this movie starts. It's kind of just like a compilation of like highly viewed YouTube videos. Um, and it only goes on for like 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, it's really strange. I, I thought I saw that as well. And I was like, what? And then it's just that he's he's watching YouTube. He's like, I don't watching YouTube, I think. I don't even understand why it's there. I'm sure obviously, uh, you know, some paychecks had to do with it. There's uh, like a call. I guess you could call it a callback at the end that they're watching the YouTube video of Kenny passing out. Like, didn't even think about that. You know, I guess a full circle moment, which I, I would talk not... about. How I love I love my first shot and last shots, but never really thought of that to be fair mm. uh, yeah i thought that was weird to start off the movie past that kind of already said this too but i think this movie's too long i feel like um 
the first like half hour to 45 minutes is pretty funny. Like it's setting up the whole premise. Obviously it's them going to Mexico, getting all the drugs and then it's co- them crossing the border. That's okay. like 50, what? 45 marks somewhere in there. How'd you watch this? Apple TV plus. Was it the extended cut? I don't know. I don't think so. Cause the version on Amazon prime is the extended cut. And I think it's eight minutes longer. So maybe Cody, yeah. I, I don't think so. Honestly, I think I watched the the normal cut. Um, I think it's still like two hours long almost. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. I feel like once they come back across the border and like there's people hiding under their RV, which is not a terrible gag either. I thought that was kind of funny. After that, there's another hour of the movie. And it's literally just to get from at the border to Ed Helms' house. And for some reason, they camp out with Nick Offerman for a night. And then they go to this, what, festival for another night. It's like yeah, I don't know why they go to the carnival. House. This movie's too long for no reason. That, that could have been a half hour instead of an hour, and it would have been just as good. Listen, I agree that it is a little bit long. And when I was watching it today, like I was like, okay, an hour and 50 minutes, that's fine. But then I was like, kept checking the time throughout. You're like, okay, oh, there's 30 minutes left, 20 minutes left. Okay, fine. The airport, when they go to the airport and they do like this weird like music video editing for a second, and it's like they show up and it does like a reverse and they and then they like cuts like does eight jump cuts and crash zooms at them and it's like every day i'm hustling and yeah it's some weird song playing and that's really bad i don't know why that's in there every day i'm hustling but it's not that song it's like it's that line but it's in a different (laughs) tempo i don't know i feel like for some reason um they always have to have some sort of montage scene in these comedy movies too maybe that's just like a running trope but yeah, that, that is pretty useless. I, I can't really disagree with you there. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on too, I don't know, I feel like this, these four actors, I feel like they're not really comedic actors other than Sudeikis. And in a movie like this, I feel like that is weird. Like none, none of the other three main cast have gone on to do really- Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston yeah. is a comedic I gonna, actor. I was going to say, like Jennifer Aniston, sure, but she's just not in any other movies in general. Um, yeah, she's her, she's an Adam Sandler, one of his 50 straight to Netflix movies every 10 years. But I don't really count her as like a comedic, you know, movie star. Will Poulter, nah, he's been doing whatever, action, Maze Runner, whatever. Emma Roberts, who knows? She's in like dramas and shit now. So I don't know. I feel like Sudeikis is really carrying the kind of comedic timing here. And uh, I think it shows. So shout out Will Poulter. You're at the top of my list. I don't know. I think he's just kind of shit. Kind of just mid doesn't do anything overly funny other than get you know bitten in the balls by some spider <laughs> yeah i don't know i like i don't hate him in general uh i don't want uh, to come off either like yeah it's the eyebrows kid yeah you know he's in maze runner or whatever i don't think he's a terrible actor i think i, I am pretty excited for guardians 3 but in this movie uh, i really do think this is his, his uh you know lowest low so if, if you're listening will i'm sorry come on the pod but yeah, I don't think you're great comedically, and you probably know that too. So, hey, maybe Guardians Three is gonna prove you wrong. True, it might be the Adam funniest Warlock. part of the movie. I mean, it is Guardians, so it is a comedy. I would assume he's a little bit more of a serious character, but I don't know. It's a James Gunn movie; anybody can be anything. So, Cody, are you it. are you excited that the script for Superman is done? Yeah, you know, I think James Gunn knows what he's doing, Superman wise. He's spending a lot of time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that does worry me a bit. I, f- I feel like it's kind of going to his head in general. And I don't really like uh, Guardians 2. 
Um, so he's, he's kind of like, oh, he makes really good movies sometimes, and other times he makes kind of like, oh, like he was in his own head kind of movies, I feel like. So I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like, I would rather just not have all this like direct communication about like, oh, here's what we're going to do. Like, just, I want to see what you do. Like, I trust, like, I trust him, but I don't want him just to be like, oh, we're going to set, like, just do it. Just show us, you know? I think he's just a social media man. Like, he's he's addicted to Twitter and he knows he'll get likes. So he's just trying to keep the the DC fans in his good graces for now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Twitter got that man in trouble a long time ago. So I, you would think, I don't know. That is true. That is true. Keep receipts on that guy. That's for sure. A couple other bad things. You know, I, I hate the no regrets tattoo joke. Like, I feel like that's (laughs) such an old played out thing. You know, that's I've seen it a million times, right? Like this isn't the origin of that. Like, come on now. I don't know. I think it's funny just because the kid's such a goober, but (laughs) you're right. Everybody uses that uh, comedy wise. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then also just one last thing, which I think is kind of funny. Well, first of all, this movie's development began in 2002. You want to know some names that were uh, thought of to play uh, the character that Jason Sudeikis plays? Oh, yeah. Steve Buscemi. Okay, interesting. Will Arnett. Yeah, that makes sense. Jason Bateman. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. They were all attached at one point. Nice. Um, they had a director, Peter Cataneo. I don't even really know the director of this movie. Well, the director of this movie uh directed dodgeball fun fact for you there I did see um that. yeah yeah there was a bunch of people who like did rewrites people considered to direct and it wasn't until finally april 2012 uh you know news came out it's like oh jennifer aniston jason stakes in talks and then emma roberts at helms will poulter katherine hahn all, all added and they shot it in july of 2012 this movie is set in denver colorado it all premises around the idea of like selling weed, right? Weeds legalized in the fall of 2012. <laughs> so they had already started shooting. I don't, I, I don't know if they had like, if that was really a problem, really, if they cared, but like, it is kind of funny in retrospective that like when this movie came out in Denver, like weed was legal anyway. So yeah. So drug dealers in theory would, would not even really be relevant, but yeah, that is funny. It's kind of outdated in, in its own time. Yeah, it's, it's like it's very it's like a clear moment that ended. <laughs> like it could have only happened right there in July of 2012. And it is set in July. So mm. there wow. you go. How about that? Maybe Around the this 4th of July. The movie that pushed it over. This uh, final DEA, this is the final DEA bust before the legalization <laughs> of weed in, in Colorado. That well, moment in history. It's interesting. There's a shit ton in this movie. But yeah, that is funny. Let's move over to the ugly. Um, obviously, yeah, just like drug smuggling as an idea is, is probably yeah. not great. Um, also, the, the funny, just the irony, again, of the, the weed being legalized. But yeah, you know, international borders, you should probably not do that. Dangerous game to play. Good point. Um, yeah, I didn't have a ton for this. I mean, it's like a raunchy comedy, so you can put whatever you want, really, I feel like. Uh, but I didn't really focus on that aspect of it. I mean, and it's not even really ugly. It's it's just Nick Offerman earplay. I thought that was uh, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, that was just kind of out of nowhere too. Uh, but yeah, I would probably account that in ugly. I don't really want Nick Offerman up in anybody's ear, so probably pass on that. You're missing out, I'd say. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's obviously the the makeout, the family makeout scene, Cody. Yeah, kind of awkward. <laughs> Which like. Okay, it's not actually ugly because they're not, these people are not related, but yeah. obviously the girl walks in and it's very uncomfortable. But fun fact talking about awards again, 
this one best kiss at the MTV Awards. Ooh. For what? Will Poulter, Jennifer Anderson, and Emma Roberts, the three way. Wow, they, they, all won. they all got it. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's a good thing. It was a how triple. I, I, there's how no. Does this movie have so many awards. I think they're the. I think they're the only winners that are a triple. <laughs> Do you want to hear some yeah. other winners? <laughs> Can I share? <laughs> I'm sure I, it's all the fucking cheesy bullshit kids movies. 2015, Shailene Woodley and Ansel Elgort, The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, that's a classic. 2016, Rebel Wilson, Adam Devine, Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, I like that one. Saucy. Oh, Ashton Sanders and Jarrell Jerome in Moonlight. That's a good one. We oh, got wow, some legit. Some Nick Robinson and Kiana Lonsdale, Love Simon. Noah Centineo and Lana Condor, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Chase Stokes, Madden Klein, Adder Banks. That's a TV show. I, I, that's suspect i guess it is just best kiss awesome. year before this though silver linings playbook um and then oh, wow. you, guess who won every year from 2009 to 2012 every year it's gotta be a tv show right? a couple powerhouses both of these people have been a theme on the podcast in prior episodes and episodes will be released after this one that we've already recorded oh twilight Yes, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson won from oh, wow. 2009 to 2012. <laughs> Best kiss every single year. <laughs> Bob Pat, shout out to him. That's crazy. Hey, J-Law and Bradley Cooper, though, they dethroned the Kings. We're the Millers uh, did beat out uh, another triple, Vanessa Hudgens, James Franco, Ashley Benson, Spring Breakers, which is an awful movie, mm. um, and Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams in American Hustle, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Scarlett Johansson and Don John, and Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller in The Spectacular Now. So mm. shout out to We're the Millers. It's an award-winning film. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that wasn't the strongest year of, of Best Kisses, so I guess that makes sense. This one would be a funny one flying under the radar. I don't hate it. This, I mean, I think like both those things, even though those are like, okay, they're not serious awards at the end of the day, right? But well, they show how popular this movie beyond just, yes, it was a huge hit box office wise, but it just shows like they were culturally relevant. Like MTV felt the need that like, hey, you know that award that we gave to the two biggest teen heartthrobs for four years? Let's give it to the We're the Millers, you know, like stuff like that. Like it shows that this movie was huge. Yeah. I mean, box office wise, like you said, it was. I feel like it was a massacre. So, shout out MTV. They gotta stay relevant. Man. Weird scene though. Really strange scene yeah. to to award at the end in of the, the day. Context of the, the movie, context. it's like yeah, yeah. but yeah, agreed. You, you mentioned like the people stowing away in the RV at the border. That's one thing. But like when they start to run away, they literally just start shooting them with guns, <laughs> which is it, it's a little ugly. That's intense. It's kind of like oh, comedy only goes so far. Until it crosses over into something. So it's also yeah. one of those things where it's like <laughs> in the context of 2013, I feel like the attitudes and the approach to something like that are even different and changed as opposed to, you know, four or five years later. Check out Picard season two if you want more uh, you know, backstory on whatever the hell they talk about in that show. But yeah, pretty similar themes, honestly. Also, the strip club attempts to make the women be prostitutes, which is is tough. That's like <laughs> it's just a strange moment where it's like yeah you guys have to ha start having sex with the customers now that, that's that's not great quick turning point uh you know boner garage is on she's on uh on board with it i mean if yeah if, i mean i guess if you're fine with it you know not great not a great look though yeah yeah forcing your employees is, is not the best but you know jennifer she moved on she's went to drug smuggling and now she's i don't know in the witness protection program so shout out to her i guess her life i have a pension or something Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Whose Line Is It Anyway? Welcome to Whose Line Is It Anyway? All right, Cody, I'll take it away. You guys are getting paid? Whose line is it? <laughs> I believe that would be Kenneth. That would be the man, Kenny himself, your favorite character. Great interaction, you know. You guys are getting paid? I feel like that, that, yeah, it's culturally significant. You know, that, that goes around. I'll take it away with my first one. Uh, and it's a doozy. Uh, so bear with me here. But uh, yeah, give me something that says uh, I get up every morning at 530 and commute for an hour and a half to some bullshit job where my jack off boss expects me to expects me to kiss his balls all day just so I can afford to keep my ungrateful screaming kids decked out and door the explorer shit and my wife up to her fat ass and self-help videos until the day I get up the courage to put a shotgun in my mouth. Uh, that is uh, Jason Sudeikis's character. <laughs> Mr. Miller. What's uh, his name? I don't even know any of these characters' yeah, names. I was gonna say, what's his character name? David David Clark. David? Sure. White person name. Um, but yeah, I think that is a pretty funny that one. That is a funny one. The yeah, the guy, so the guy in the background. You can just yeah. see the rack focus. Yeah. Right here. This one. Yeah. <laughs> good line, but yeah. Good scene. I like that scene actually. Forgot to shout that out earlier. Here's another good one for you. I think Snoop Dogg would fuck this fridge. <laughs> Another good line. Uh, that was uh, Emma Roberts' his character. It is. Casey is her name. There you go. Casey. Well, is that a real name or a fake name? Must be a real name. It is. Funny. Why would they... I think she's Casey. I don't know. I don't know. What does it say in her license? I guess you can check that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good line. I like that. Shout out Snoop Dogg. Yeah, roll some of his music right now. clip of the week um yeah. <laughs> my second one i'm reacting to equestrian clip of the week there you go <laughs> sure, that's a good video horses i like this this is equestrian this they is prancing call this equestrian by the way look at that horse did you own oh, a horse crip walking car you see that <laughs> on the set that's gangsterism last one for you from me i don't know he must have picked the locks it's a tough one here would you say i don't know he must have picked the locks yep I actually have no idea. Is it uh I'll take a wild guess. Is it the the buff henchman guy? No, it's Todd, the strip club owner. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I do remember that. That's He's early. He's talking on. about the guy with the hook hands. <laughs> yeah, how'd we how'd we let that guy back in here? I don't know. Too, he yeah. must have picked the locks. <laughs> Deep cut not, for you, Cody. It's not a terrible opening scene in the strip club. Like the hook hands, that's kind of funny. That's not bad. Let's kick it over to invite fight night i dump thee so william all right let's start with invite cody who do you want to invite man i was thinking purely just for his name uh pablo uh, chacon just because you know he'd have good you know kind of like drug stories too i would think uh, but i scratched that just because i forgot about the no regrets kid uh <laughs> you know, we don't want to target on our backs either we could be privy to some information I, yeah yeah uh, it could go down very, very poorly with Pablo, I would say. But with this kid, I don't even remember his name, but he's, a, he's just a no regrets kid. What's his catchphrase, too? Is, Scotty is, P, dude. You don't know yeah. Scotty P's name? I, I messed up Scotty P's name wrong. And um, I believe his catchphrase is, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> this guy is different. I think vocally, uh, just to have him on a, in podcast form, I think would be great to kind of trap that audio for, for time's existence. 
So uh, yeah, obvious choice on, on Scotty P. In the extended cut of the film, which it's unclear whether or not you watched, he says, you know what I'm saying, 11 total times. If you were to have him on the podcast in the span of our conversation, how many times would he say it? I'll tell you what, he doesn't, he doesn't have uh, too much screen time here. So I'm going to go over under eh, 200. I, I would mm, I'd probably take the under. I'd take the under, close. maybe like 180. I, it would like, be a short yeah. episode. I, I could say that. One, what do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe more than that. It's it's a long phrase. How many times would I cut it out of the podcast is the question. <laughs> um, Zero. I want to invite, well, first of all, I mean, get the whole Miller fam on. If we're going to do one, let's do them all. Let's get their whole story. Let's, let's break it down. Let's talk about it. Let's, uh, you know, really get to the roots of all their problems so that they can live a happy, fulfilling life in the witness protection program, Cody. What are you, um, psychiatrist now? <laughs> yeah, I think we can, we can start a new offshoot show where we, you know, kind of therapize, but we're not therapists, obviously, not right. certified. Um, and then option number two, let's just get Ka- Catherine Hahn's character on because she's just hilarious and that would be the best content, obviously. Um, you know, maybe throw Nick Offerman in for like a little cameo. He comes in and says, hi, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, but, you know, mostly Catherine Hahn because she's uh, she's the best part of this movie. I mean, even talking voices too. Yeah, she's got that great Southern accent uh, in this film. So I back it. That, that'd be really fun, I think. Yeah, Tampin, Baton, Baton. She says Baton <laughs> weird too. Yeah. That's the Banton. yeah the banton (laughs) fight cody who do you want to fight yeah you know i thought this was a pretty easy one uh if you've been listening to the episode i'm gonna deck kenny you know he's got it coming i think just the most punchable face in hollywood i would say on on will poulter's mug and also also for a general reason of kenny too like he's an idiot he told the uh the muggers that sadakis was a drug dealer like are you that stupid um so yeah for that reason alone, too, I think I think Kenny deserves one. Yeah, you really have beef with that man. Um, <laughs> I don't have beef. If if we had a larger following, maybe you could set up some sort of uh, celebrity boxing match and and get your ass whooped, and that would square <laughs> things out. But sadly, yeah. we can't do that. So I think you've reached your quota on on Will Poulter hate for the day. Save it for the Guardians three episode. Will do. I could take him though. I would say, you know, Ed Helms' character, he's pretty deplorable. He's a hes a bad dude. He's kind of an asshole, you know. It is interesting to see that, like, allegedly he and Jason Sudeikis, like, went to college together. So it's like these two guys went down different paths where Ed Helms has this, like, giant empire of of drug dealing. And, and Sudeikis is basically just, like, one of his small-time drug dealer henchmen dudes, um, which is kind of funny. But, you know, bad dude. He, he gets what's coming to him, I guess. I mean, he's dealing weed, whatever. Yeah. But, he also has like an orca and a tank, so ethically just kind of not a, a good person uh, beyond the drug dealing. Also, the guy that robbed him, the, the muggers in the beginning, those those dudes are the real bad ones. Because first of all, they're just like mugging Emma Roberts and like stealing her phone. Uh, and then when Jason Sudeikis tries to help, they literally like just like hold a knife to him and take all of his money out of his safe. And yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen muggers well, I don't know too much about mugging, I guess, but do they actually like force you back into your apartment and take all of your money and stuff? Like, I didn't know that actually happens too. Well, I guess it was because they knew like he was there, like that was his apartment building. So I, I, it's it's intense. I mean, yeah, I guess so. That's cameras, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, uh, the guy at the beginning, you had uh, some nice hair on him though. 
because he thought he was a girl, remember? So great job. Shout out, like, Hilarious. Shout out that guy's <laughs> hair, but yeah, not very funny. Um to be yeah. fair, he said it was because of the bone structure, not the hair. Good point. <laughs> not great either way. Knight, Cody. Who do you want to knight? Uh, this was an easy one for me. I'm going with uh, Jason Sudeikis here. Uh, first off, just because he's got a good brain Bane impression. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, ah, Commissioner Gordon. Um, but uh, also, he uh, smacked that big guy uh, in the face with a wrench, which, you know, he's got some balls. So I, I think I just respect him so much for that that he's going to get knighted. So, yeah, shout out Sudeikis. Well, I got to respect the big man himself, one eye. Uh, tough character name. <laughs> But uh, Matthew Willig, listen, this guy, he uh former NFL player, big man. Obviously, he uh, ethically as the as a character may not be the best. He does work for like a drug cartel in, in Mexico. So he's, he's probably done some rough things potentially. Dude's got hit by an RV. He's been smacked by a wrench. He's he, and he's still there helping out his man, Pablo. So yeah. honestly, I would like to have him on my side. <laughs> I respect it. He did take a beating. He got ran over by a bus as well. I mean, that's got to hurt. So, um, I don't know. I think everything all together, pretty rough day for the guy. And, uh, yeah, I think knighthood is, is deserved. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The recast. Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Really interested to hear what you uh, are thinking here, Cody. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, and kind of going back to my bad segment, um, you know, other than Sudeikis, we don't really have any comedic actors, in my opinion, obviously. Jennifer Aniston probably is, but I'm not counting it. So I just want to replace uh, the core three of the family, minus Sudeikis. So first off, going after Jennifer Aniston, it's a tough one. I ended up uh, leaning towards Amy Poehler. I think she'd be pretty funny. I like Amy Poehler. Shout out Parks and Rec. Replacing Will Poulter. Gave a couple options here. I was thinking either McLovin or uh, Jay Baruchel. I think one of those fixed. Maybe they're a little bit too old, but I don't really care. Just write it. McLovin's always playing uh, Christopher Mintz Place, recently engaged, according to social media, uh, is always playing creepily uh, younger versions of himself. So Exactly. So he'll fit right in in this movie. So stick McLovin straight in. And then for uh, Emma Roberts, I don't know. It, it was a tough one. I was trying to come up with younger comedic actresses. There's there's a slight few, I think, who would fit the role pretty well. Uh, my first one that I thought of was Abigail Breslin from uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Just specifically those years around there. I think she, that would be a good, for, good spot for this movie. Um, and then past that, a young Betty White, I think, would be just somebody with absolutely electric comedic chops. And uh, yeah, Rip Betty White, but I think she would have been perfect for this role. Don't don't forget Abigail Breslin and her her great work in uh, Zombieland, buddy. True, true. I I, I think Zombieland is a little overrated. I'm being honest, but also the 2021 hit in my heart, Matt Damon feature at Stillwater. <laughs> oh, no, I was like in my heart. Yeah, still I haven't seen that. To be fair, I've heard it's good for some people, but uh, I like Abigail Breslin. Yeah, I wasn't trying to talk shit. I love her in Little Miss Sunshine. No, yeah, yeah. Oscar. She's Wait, great. Oscar nominated? I think Oscar nominated for that role. But shout out Abigail Breslin, yeah. But I, I would prefer a, Betty, a young Betty White. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't? Bring, take us back, Cody. Anyways. You know, tough memories for some of us. Guess, so. 
Um, you know, I actually, I, I think I want to take Ed Helms out, right? You know, okay. he, he was doing enough and the last okay. couple seasons of The Office maybe soured things for me a bit. So I'm thinking if, if, if we wanted to change the character completely and not make it that they were like old college friends or whatever, and he's, and we did like an actual big boss that you can really hate, you know, I was thinking maybe like a Liam Neeson circa okay. 2012, he was searching for some money, wanting to go into the four way of, of comedy. Uh, this is obviously, uh. I don't know, a couple of years before Men in Black International. What's he doing in 2012? Who knows? Or you could take a like a Steve Martin, which I, I think would be really good playing this role. I, I think he could have a lot of fun being the villain here. So I like that little like Looney Tunes, Pink Panther vibes for Steve Martin. I, I like it. Yeah, something like that. Um, but if we wanted to keep keep it as like a contemporary age range, I think we could throw in like a Jason Siegel. So throw in the different network TV star uh, at instant the Ed Helms role. And I, I think he'd be really good. Yeah. I like that. I think Bateman uh, is a good choice as well. Like pretty much anybody Any Jason Vegas is friends with. Yeah. That would probably work. Yeah. I mean the horrible bosses connection with Bateman would have made sense. Maybe can we get Charlie day in as well as I'd love to see him in, in uh, this movie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Give him his own character. Also, if we're going to throw Aniston out, I think, I mean, Kristen Wiig, it's kind of an obvious choice, but I, she would obviously kill that main role. Yeah, I, I highly considered her as well. Yeah, easy choice, yeah, I'd maybe say. Maybe too, too obvious, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right, our rating. Do you like me? I know you're uh, a little lower on this, so what do you think, Cody? Well, I don't know. Your system, might have, I don't know how. What to That's think true, about who it. knows? I ended up settling at a, I feel like, I don't know. Every time I set a number, I, I put down 46, but I feel like that's maybe a little low. You gave this two and a half stars, right? Yeah. That so is that's, maybe it's should be higher. half of 69. Do I like this movie? Do I not? I don't I don't know at this point. I think I'm going to give it a 44 out of 69. Okay. Well, interesting. Talk about a broken scale, Cody. Let's be real. Come on now. Yeah, but the thing is, if I think a movie's really bad, like that's – that's like chicken little and stuff that we've done. Like it'll go way down. And I think I had chicken little at like a 20. So maybe a 10 actually. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, this, like I said, this movie, like I'd watched it again. You're top like, heavy. Yeah. I don't hate this movie. So it's going to get some points that it deserves. I, I'm going to give it a 48. That that just in terms of the, my rating system, that's where it places. Uh, You know, yeah. 48. It's respectable. It's a good movie. Three and a half stars. Yeah. Two and a half. Close. <laughs> whatever different different strokes different folks <laughs> post credit scene Cody what if I told you we were putting a team together who was we curious where you uh, went with this one yeah I got a couple ideas here first off since I liked Ed Helms I wanted to include him in one and I think an interaction between him and Pablo Chacon in prison would be really great Mm. Like, up. He, they're gonna like form their sinister six yeah yeah it's kind of like the end of uh spider-man homecoming with uh with vulture and that never guy, turned into anything other yeah, than a morbius post-credit scene yes some, some scorpion guy i don't know um yeah basically kind of just it's similar you know we see ed helms hanging out in his cell and then you know there's a knock at the gate and it's pablo chacon and he's like oh uh we're breaking out tonight you coming He's like, with you, hell no. He's like, we're getting the Millers. And uh, yeah, it helps. And like, is that the title of the sequel? We're getting the Millers? Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. But yeah, that, that's my first idea. I kind of like, yeah, I'll throw it over to you though. So I have another one, but uh, let's hear your post credits. So mine's really just going to be like a joke about 
just a little gag at the end. And the idea is weed gets legalized. So Jason Sudeikis just kind of gets, I was I, I thinking, I mean, you could go two routes with it. One of them could be Jason Sudeikis just kind of like gets a notification on his phone. That's like weed legalized in Colorado. And he's like, what the fuck? Like what? we did all this shit for it, all that. Um, and then, I mean, option number two is like Ed Helms, like finds it out and he's like, Oh, does that mean I'm getting out of prison? And they're like, Oh no. Like you're still like, you smuggle drugs across the border. Like that doesn't matter. I like that. I think you could just combine those two a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, it'd be really good. Do a, somehow make it cohesive and it'd be great. That'd be easy. Just, uh, you could have them watching news at the same time or something. It'd work. Yeah. Fun stuff. I did have another one that I wanted to pitch quick. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking. I think this movie would be good for a spinoff, and uh, you know what better franchise to spin it off with than uh, Twenty One Jump Street, which was basically going out at the same time. Of course, there was the beloved Jump Street uh, Men in Black script running around, so why not? You know, where the Millers crossover. Basically, uh, the scene that I came up with, uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, they just like randomly break into their ho- witness protection home. And start like running around and screaming and pinning everybody down. And then, yeah, they just team up at the end. So that's basically the scene. <laughs> Interesting. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll workshop it. There's something there. There's an idea. It's a. The thing is, 21 seed. Jump Street is getting a crossover. Okay. It's happening. We're going to make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll find the project. I'm not sure it. if this is the one, but we'll get there. Six degrees of Dave. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. Jason Sudeikis. To Dave Batista, Cody, how do you want to connect to these two fellas? Hey, uh, I'm doing it in three this week. Got to be a new record around here or something. Uh, <laughs> yes, Jason Sudeikis, you know, he's in he's in a lot, I feel like. Not really, but I, I took him to Horrible Bosses uh, for one reason and one reason only, so I could match him up with Charlie Day, who, funnily enough, when he came up at the end of the episode here, I was like, I feel like I was supposed to say something about Charlie Day, and I could put the guy... <laughs> It's in the six degrees of Dave. But uh, anyways, of course, the only movie that Charlie Day is really in is the Super Mario Brothers. Box office hit. Love it. And um, of course, the star of Super Mario Brothers, Chris Pratterson himself, is of course in Guardians of the Galaxy, which leads us to Dave Bautista. So I went a fairly obvious route, I feel like, obviously using Guardians and, and Chris Pratt, but couldn't resist when I saw Charlie Day sitting there ready ready for the taking. So yeah. Six degrees a day, making it a quick one this week. I got a quick one for you as well. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is in a movie called Kodachrome, which I have seen uh, with Elizabeth Olsen. And Elizabeth Olsen is in Infinity War with Dave Bautista. So there you go. It's a quickie. Kodachrome wow. is a, it's a Netflix movie. Here's a little Netflix synopsis. Matt, a struggling executive, finds his world turned upside down when his estranged father's nurse shows up unexpectedly in his office. Matt's father, a famed bad boy photojournalist, is facing terminal <laughs> cancer, and his dying wish is for Matt to join him on a road trip from New York to Kansas to process his last rolls of Kodachrome film before the sole remaining lab closes and those captured moments are gone forever. It yeah. stars Jason Sudeikis as Matt. His father is Ed Harris. And the nurse is Elizabeth Olsen. And I really don't like the movie. <laughs> I was going to say, it kind of sounds not terrible. On paper, it sounds great. But I don't know. There's like, Ed Harris plays like a real asshole dad. Like, it's really tough stuff. And it, it, they have a terrible relationship. And yeah, I don't know. I just, 
it's like the anti Ted Lasso. Everybody sucks. It's it, it's tough. Yeah. Maybe I'd like it to be fair. Um, but yeah, that is not there. Give me a little Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Sudeikis road trip movie. That doesn't sound that bad. And also, I'm pretty sure uh, you know a little little romance between uh, Olsen and Sudeikis. You know, classic. Please, at least it's not Olivia Wilde. So I'm here check it out. It. Check it. Out. The thing is, I mean, this says it right here. Like when you Google it, it's it's a drama. It's not really a comedy. That's the thing. Like it's not funny. So interesting. Yeah, interesting touching, role. bittersweet, playful. Mm. <laughs> not 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 what i want <laughs> necessarily but uh check it out on netflix yeah will do all right i guess that the recommendations i drink your milkshake i drink it up there you go uh, we'll, we'll go with it our first recommendation you know i i haven't been into a lot i will say ted lasso definitely check that out it is a great tv show and the last season's airing i think it's always cool to be a part of you know like a moment like that you know you it's easy to catch up now before it ends so you can you can be a part of that and then also the, really the only thing that i've watched uh since our last recording movie baby mama cody you ever seen baby mama baby mama no amy polar tina fey classic 2009 comedy i don't think i know what that Here, is here's the premise Ooh. tina fey is a successful businesswoman she's 37 years old she hasn't had a chance to marry anyone or settle down or have kids, but she wants to have a kid. She finds out that she can't have kids. She's going to do a sperm donor. She finds out she can't have kids. So she goes through a surrogacy program run by Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and the surrogate that she gets is Amy Poehler, who funny enough is the exact same age as Tina Fey in real life. So she's really not like, she's not a younger person, but she's like playing this like trashy younger version character and she's like dating Dax Shepard and um, Steve Martin is Tina Fey's boss mm. at this weird yeah. Whole Foods like company. And they're like building a new store. And Amy Poehler is supposed to be having Tina Fey's baby. And she's her baby mama. Uh, never heard of it somehow, uh, but it sounds pretty bad. What do you think about? <laughs> it's, it's not bad. You know, I actually had seen it before. Oh. Um but yeah, it's, it's actually, I kind of like, I mean, it's like Tina, I like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and like the scenes they have together can be pretty funny. Like there's some stuff that definitely doesn't hold up today. And there's, you know, it's, it's like a weird, it's a 2000s comedy, but yeah. I, it's, I like those two a lot. So, and it's at their kind of at their prime of their popularity, like 2009, it's right before Parks and Rec and, you know, 30 Rock's going on. So uh, I would definitely watch it. I legitimately don't know how I've ever heard, uh, not heard of that, but uh, yeah, like you said, prime time right there. Uh, you got any other recs or is that it? Um, the last thing I'll say, I, I haven't seen it yet, but you know, we've talked about Midsummer on the podcast. There's a new movie, Bo is Afraid, coming out, I think, this weekend. I'm going to see it tomorrow, so I'll, I'll share my thoughts on what I think. It is three hours long, yeah. Um, but yeah, Walking Phoenix. Um, I'm, I'm really interested. I, it, it's got some really interesting reviews, so go check it out, maybe. Definitely, I back that. Uh, my recs for this week, like you said, I mean, we pretty much have filmed uh, pretty close to episode, episode-wise. So I don't have a ton. Uh, my first one I did check out last night is the Nathan For You uh, season four series finale, which I thought was a fun episode. Kind of weird in parts, but like uh, the Bill Gates impersonator finding his like long lost love that just turned out to she's been married for 50 years. Uh, it's kind of tough. And then Nathan has this uh, interesting relationship going on with 
I mean, she's basically an escort, I believe. That that's exactly what she is. Um, so kind of weird stuff there too. Uh, but overall, I did like Nathan for you as a series, and uh, it's definitely something I would recommend. Past that, the only other thing that I have been watching is uh, Psych season one. I believe I am on the season finale now, and uh, shenanigans is going down. The thing that I forgot a lot about season one too is there's so many flashbacks to Sean's childhood. It's really like every other scene in every episode in season one. Doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't like keep on doing that right it's not as heavy but like it remains we didn't get a very good taste in first friday five of the flashbacks yeah so i feel like that has been kind of jarring this season it was always the thing is like it's always stuck out in the first season is like it always has relevance to the case in a certain way and like that i don't know they they kind of stopped playing with that super heavily but there would be flashbacks like i mean yeah like spoil things for you in later seasons but like there's the scene when he passes a lie detector test and it's because then you get the flashback of his dad taught him as a kid like there's always yeah. stuff like that in the in uh i definitely remember it being there some but when i was watching season one i was like is this going to be in every single episode of the show but uh, I, I did just think it was uh mostly season one but anyways that's something i would recommend uh and uh, like i said as well i am watching the last of us we'll still burn my way through that but uh yeah hopefully we'll be moving along uh, both and Psych and The Last of Us by the next episode pretty far. So we'll we'll definitely keep it, you know, in touch on where I'm at now. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Stay capping. Catch you on our next episode, The Lighthouse. Ooh, Rob Pat's back, baby. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.